Alright, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What the fuck birds? How's it going? What's happening? Hanukkah is behind us. I had to blow out the candles twice because I had to leave the house. Does that mean it's going to be bad? I lit them, though. Sometimes I lit them without the yarmulke. Sometimes I lit them without my beanie, without my skull cap. Does that mean, what does that mean? Does it count? Does it not count? If I blew them out, does that mean it's going to be a bad year? How superstitious do I need to be? Are there numbers involved? Should I be walking down the street with a picket sign that is the head of John F. Kennedy with a MAGA hat on and sunglasses with secret numbers on the back? And then when I get on camera, I flip them around and show people the two secret numbers and look at them like, I know what I'm talking about, as opposed to, hey, I'm fucking crazy. What's going on? How's it going? Listen to me. The guy we have on the show today, Jesse Plemons, is one of these guys who I just am in awe of his acting. And I, I never know what it's going to be like to chat with an actor that I'm in awe of. He just he has a naturalness to him. And I just am I'm sort of fascinated with the guy's acting. Like, uh, I mean, you've, you know him. You've, you've seen him in movies and shows, whether it's a... Uh, Breaking Bad or Friday Night Lights or Fargo or Black Mass or the or the Irishman he was in, played Jimmy Hoffa's son, lots of stuff. And now he's in The Power of the Dog, along with his wife, Kirsten Dunst, whose name I fucked up once. But I just wanted to talk to the dude, so he's, he's here. And um, I'm trying to keep my fucking brain together. I don't know why it's a day-to-day event. I'm doing this a little early because I'm I'm supposed to go to New Mexico to spend fa- to some to spend time with my father, but I don't know if that's going to happen because he's waiting to get a bed at the hospital to get this procedure done. But it seems like he's dealing with the fucking you know with some sort of slapstick hospital. I mean, it's just crazy what they're going through. Maybe I don't understand what healthcare is in other states. You know, I'm fortunate to have a clinic. That I go to through my union, but Jesus, he's at the VA in Albuquerque, and it's just like it is like a shit show. He was supposed to get this procedure, and then they're like, "Where is he?" You know, they 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 took him off the books. He was supposed to go in. They never called, and then now they're you know they they called him the other day. Like, where is he? And it's like he's supposed to be here. And she, my my dad's wife, was like, "What are you talking about? No one told me." And the doctor didn't know. It was it's just nuts. Is that the way it is all over now? And I wish there was something I can do. I don't have any clout. You know, I can't, you know, I don't own a hospital. I'm not like, I'm not like a sports figure or a uh, leader among men. I can't just step in and go give my dad, I guess I could, but uh, you still need a doctor and a place to do it and they still got to get the guy in, but it's, it's annoying and sad. So I don't even know if I'm going, but I'm recording this now and I'm, you know, I'm just concerned and it's just where it's at right now, where it's at. I'll tell you, man, getting old doesn't seem great does it i'm 58 doesn't seem great i'm not knocking it but this procedure could make a difference in his brain so we're hanging some hope on that i added some dates 
to my uh, This May Be the Last Time tour. I want to hip you to uh, in San Francisco at the Palace of Fine Arts. A late show has been added on January 29th. Tickets are on sale now. In San Diego at the Observatory North Park, a late show has been added on February 11th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, December 10th at 10 a.m. local time. Terrytown, New York. I'll be at the Terrytown Music Hall Thursday, April 14th. The presale is going on now until 10 p.m. tonight, local time. Use the passcode TIME. General tickets on sale tomorrow, December 10th at 12 noon, local time. That's in Terrytown at the Terrytown Music Hall. And I'll be doing a run at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles as part of the massive Netflix is a Joke Festival. Three dates. May 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, these are intimate shows, couple hundred seats. There's a pre-sale going on today until 10 p.m. local time. Use the passcode JOKES. General tickets will be on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. local time. It's Dynasty Typewriter Shows, very good place to see me. For all of those dates, plus the ones I already announced, go to WTFPod.com and click on the tour page. Look, you guys, I am, uh, I'm not falling apart, but man... I had an MRI yesterday because of my ear. I scheduled it a long time ago. My ear seems to be getting a little better. I don't know. My sinuses are fucked up. So I guess that's what you do is you get uh, an MRI. So, And I've had one of these before. I've had this exact one, this exact type of MRI for something different in the past. But uh, I remember talking about it because I remember doing an entire show on Marin about my MRI experience. It was pretty funny. And then today I remembered what the fuck it was. I remembered why, uh, <laughs> why I did the bit because after you get an MRI, there's the guy that gave you the MRI and he'll give you a CD of it, but he saw what's on there, but they can't tell you what's on there. So that's, uh, that's happening. Waiting on that. Good times. And, uh, one of my, uh, tooth, my, my tooth is one of my tooths has gone bad, a crown attached to a fucking root canal has gone south. And now I may need an implant or just live with a gap. Seems like a big undertaking. Look like I got punched in the face. Wow, man, I am just, I am beat up. And I wouldn't mind going to New Mexico. I guess we'll see what happens. Everybody, everything, everything is okay. Okay? Don't panic. I'm not panicking. I just don't have a lot to say because I'm a little drained and I'm a little sick. And I've decided to uh, go do comedy tonight. Maybe I'll go to uh, New Mexico. I don't know. I'll let you know what's happening, though. I'll be sure to let you know. I bought a magazine at a newsstand today. It was like time travel. I went back to the past and bought a magazine. I bought The Atlantic. And I looked at Rolling Stone. Did you know they still publish Penthouse magazines? I mean, I didn't buy it, but I mean, they're, still, they're still putting them out. $10 for a fucking magazine. It was worth the trip into the past, though. I enjoyed it. Will I read it? I don't know. I got a lot of reading to do. I got a lot of music to listen to. I've got an antique Sono system that I've rigged up to the uh, record player, so that's fun. That's nice. I never have to leave the house now. Jesse Plemons is here, and The Power of the Dog, which he is in, is now playing in select theaters and streaming on Netflix. I love this guy's acting. Him and this other guy, Rory Cochran, who I also talked to. Um, just very intense, 
quiet dudes doing the work, and I appreciate it. I don't know where it comes from, and not many people can answer that. Doesn't mean I won't poke around to try to find out some tricks. Learn some tricks. All right, this is me and Jesse talking. Like I saw that Jason Isbell's in that. What is it called? Killer, the, Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers yeah. of the Flower Moon. Muscle White's in it. Muscle White's in it. Yeah, he plays uh, an old timer. He is an old timer. I know. So naturally. Yeah. So like, where'd you shoot that thing? That was all Oklahoma. Have you been to Oklahoma? Well, yeah, I grew up in in Central Texas, so uh, so you just that's uh, where you vacationed. Little, I, exactly. Yeah. Really? No, not at all. <laughs> but I did. I did date a girl from uh, Tulsa, from Edmond, Oklahoma. Oh, really? Yeah. So. This is how many times do you work with Scorsese? Twice? Twice, yeah. And how, like, is it, are you one of the main guys? Who are the main guys? I, I, I would say I, I come in about halfway through the film. Yeah. But it's, yeah, DiCaprio and uh, De Niro. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's an incredible story. Lily Gladstone plays um, a huge part in it. Really? It's terrific. Lily yeah. Gladstone. How do are you I? Are familiar with her? No. Should I be? You will be. Yeah. yeah. She's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all she's right. Terrific. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I what she's been. I, I don't, I'm terrible with names. She. Um, I remember yours. Yeah, but generally speaking, not great. She's she's worked quite a bit. A lot of independent movies, mm. um, but it's what, kind of her story. Yeah. It's her story. Yeah. Now, is this uh, what what style western is it? Is it uh, someone goes and saves a town? Is it the weird drifter from out of town? What's it? What's the angle? You don't have well, to you know spoil anything, yeah. but. It's it's based on a true story, yeah. And um, in a nutshell, in the twenties, there was this um, the Osage tribe of uh, Native Americans yeah. that were you know given a shitty deal like everyone else. They were given mineral rights to to their land. Come to find out, it was brimming with oil, and they become the wealthiest people, right, in the United States in the twenties. Yeah, and they start mysteriously dying one after the other, and. Um, you come to find out that every white person in the area is in on it in one way or another. And Killing them? Yeah, yeah. Poisoning them? Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty horrific. It sounds like an upbeat movie. It's an upbeat movie. <laughs> but for a change, I'm not on, on that side of things. I, I play a, an FBI agent, former Texas Ranger, that's that's trying to, are you trying to bring do, uh, some justice. Every, uh, uh, are you trying to capture FBI agents at different periods in history? That's are you my goal, yeah. To get as many. Exactly. <laughs> so this would be the 1920s FBI agent? Yeah, yeah. And I saw you in the 1960s as a kind of a dubious <laughs> FBI agent? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good part, right? Thank you, yeah. No, I thought you were good in that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm, uh, yeah, it's a, a sort of, I run the the gamut of like sort of terrible, yeah. terrible white guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that look. You I know do. I mean? It's get, the red hair. It, no, I don't know what it yeah. is, but it's sort of like, yeah. There's there's something a little off about this particularly uh, hum, uh, you know, sort of sweet looking white guy. Yeah. Classic. It's You're, the no eyebrows too. I don't have any eyebrows, yeah, but I mean, so people but, can't w- really tell what uh, like, like, what's happening. A, right, right. <laughs> but with a little tweak, you could be the good guy, right? Yeah. I mean, you could be. But I don't know, after Breaking Bad, it was like, you know, that was one of the the most uh, disturbing kind of uh, conscienceless characters ever. At least the other ones seem to be, you know, morally bankrupt just because of uh, cynicism or too long on the job or 
you know, some agenda. That guy was Breaking Bad guy. It was just him. That was just in his his heart. So before we get into, like, I have specific questions because I talked to a Cumberbatch. That's uh, what he said, yeah. Oh, he said that? Yeah, he said it was great. Oh, he did? Because I argued with him about his character. (laughs) I I pushed back. Oh, I'm excited to hear that. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was really just an issue of, uh, you know, he thought that his guy was on the precipice of change. And I was like, no. I think there's a whole thing of, of trying not to judge the person you're playing. So, yeah, no, I get whatever that. works, you know? No, no, I get that. But, yeah. I, but the question I would have for you, because I said your character, the brother, this isn't, oh, I guess we should set it up. But it's a Power of the Dog, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that title means. Oh, I know, it's the mountain, right? That's that's one of the connections taken yeah. from from a scripture, which is also oh, it's a scripture am- ambiguous. Um, Did you read it in prep? I mean, I read the, I read the 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 piece and tried to make sense of it, and it was still it was still what testament? Hard what to book? Decipher. Come on, Mark. What I the don't new remember. One? I don't remember. I'll pull it up for you and, and show it to you. Hold on. I, now I need to know the scripture. Power of the dog. Oh, here we go. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dogs. Yes. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious wife, and the power of the dog. So what do you what do you get from that? Well, yeah, I don't think it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dog, maybe the dogs of hell, the hounds of hell, the dog, right. the the primal nature right, right. of man, the 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 sort of the thing that eats and bankrupts the soul. Right. Is that is that Phil Cumberbatch's character, or is that? I think it's everybody. That, he needs yeah, deliverance. Yeah, yeah. That's some real poetry. That movie. I know. Well, and and Jane. I mean, yeah. she speaks in that sort of Jane Campion. Yeah. So I, I don't need to spoil anything. But what I I'm trying to frame it because I had the conversation with Cumberbatch, and and he didn't seem to think that your character would necessarily know about what went on with him and Bronco Billy. <laughs> Or whatever, well, see, Bronco, yeah, Bronco uh, Henry. Yeah. Bronco. I, 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 How did you plan? I, I, How did you think? One, they spent almost every every minute of every day together since they were kids. So they, there's no hiding him and Bronco. Oh, you, him, you and you. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. I, exactly. I, I know. And I think rather than um, get bitter and I know the real you and right, you right, know, right, sure. He manages to, uh, at least the way I looked at him, he manages to sort of have compassion and 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 operates from a place of, of I know the real you and yeah. chooses uh, not to take the bait you know well, well yeah it's a fine line between sort of like uh, looking out for himself and being a codependent you know uh, sort of uh, a mat person just it's like a, a doormat yeah. doormat guy no I know which which when I first read the book it, I, I, it took me a little while to realize that 90% of what you're hearing about George mm. is through Phil's perspective, you know? And so my first instinct was like, is this, is this the guy that I want to, you know, what, <laughs> what else is there? Or is it, is it just, that, is it sort of a, just, an just oaf that like, takes it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause I don't know what to do with that. But then mm. once that dawned on me that it was all, it was all Phil's thoughts or coming out of his mm. mouth. It changed my perspective. Jane said something early on that she she looked at George as having a sort of quiet strength and dignity, and 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 referenced Duval in The Godfather. Oh, which Duval is one of my favorite uh, actors. Yeah, and then I and then it sort of changed 
my perspective, there's also a, a segment in the book where where he's talking to Rose and um, George, uh, George is talking to Rose. Yeah. He mentions, he's reminiscing about them all going to the beach and he mentions dreaming and he shows more more depth than he does anywhere else in the book. And so I, I just decided that, you know, there are a lot of people that, that you know, you, you, you think are easy to peg and yeah. sort of sure. sum up easily and there's an entire world happening beneath the surface with that, everybody yeah, with everyone yeah, yeah so, it's crazy so yeah that 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 i find really interesting you know saying one thing and and something else entirely well happening. it was such a grounded court of uh, sort of like guarded guy performance that you know you had to protect something and and, and i think speaking from from experience there are certain points in your life where you're not operating from from a, a a place where you're even aware of what you're doing. You're sure. just being pulled, you yeah. know. This morning, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So that that to me was, you know, it seemed like there was probably something changing in their relationship, something kind of souring even before. So from your own meets, experience, you know that from you know. yourself. So right. like, so reaching into your own experience. Uh, it, it, even counterintuitively, you know, what would it feel like to stop that and make choices? Yeah, you know, like because, like, when I think about my past, I was just you're just going for it, <laughs> right. you, you know. Yes. But it, but at some time, at some point, you got to say like, no. Is that getting older? Or <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't. Oh no, no. I, I think it's like you can only take so much, and then one yeah. day you 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 do something that you used to do, and you realize like I'm fuck. I can't. I don't have the I energy. Have it in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't want to. No, I know. You know it's like it becomes like this uh, prosthetic limb. I feel like I'm gonna, and then it's like not there anymore. Right, right. You know, you don't need it. You know, it's not totally. real. Anyway, I love the movie. Were you were stuck down there in New Zealand with everybody? We were. Yeah, we we had all but about three weeks of work left, and the the state of New Zealand was. Not nearly as bad as as the U.S., but it was, it still you know, yeah. gotten there, and um, it seemed pretty obvious that we weren't going to be able to finish. And we shut down, and uh, we were there with our two year old, and we felt like there's no way we can get on a plane right now. The kid who you know yeah. touches everything, puts his hand into this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we stayed there for about a month, and then flew back home mm. when when it felt safer yeah. to fly, and then. In uh, the matter of about two months, New Zealand had eliminated the virus, and they they let us back in the country, uh, quarantine, quarantine for the for the two weeks. And I guess this is one of those finished. things where you kind of were grateful that you were with your wife and kid. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> could you imagine if you weren't? I mean, there there were so many uh, you know experiences like that. Yeah, it was. It How was, many times have you acted with her? Just just the two. We the did one you met her, Fargo, and then and then now. Yeah, power of the dog. And uh, how is it? It's easy. It's so it's it's so easy. But but because she's great, man. She's I, great in the movie. I think that's what it is. Acting with really talented people. Yeah. If you can get past, uh, you know, yeah. whatever whatever you bring to the you, you right. bring to that your preconceived yeah. you know yeah. notions yeah. or whatever. Um, Oh, it's man. so much easier, you know, with, yeah, with yeah. someone who's really good. All you have to do is but also, look and listen and, you know. You're yeah, both so fucking good, right? So, but so there's like, you know, I, oh, you're married, you got a kid and everything. But I imagine, I don't think people fully understand. I'm not sure I do uh, until, you know, I've done it. That, you know, that space where actors hold, 
you know, you're not really thinking about any of that. No. Uh, yeah, like, this is my life. This is my wife. I wonder where the kid is. No. Like, you know, it's like when you're in it, you're in it. Yes, completely. Yeah. And, and I mean, the other thing, too, I don't know how you would feel about this because yeah. of your history with stand-up comedy. And, like, uh. to me, that seems like how would acting ever be at all scary after putting yourself through oh, oh. through that. But I'm saying when you're working with someone that you know so well, yeah. the added... Uh, benefit is just that um, that level of trust where yeah. and and that was something for whatever reason very quickly whenever we met we were able to without any ego throw out an idea if the other one liked it great if not on to the next like sort on of Fargo idea. yeah oh oh and you know we just for whatever reason really speak the same language and don't need to over talk things to to have fun and you know this was some raw shit for her though oh man i mean <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> but that's that that's that's a challenge is 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 to uh see that and that sort of hold your react as as george rather than you know her mm. partner who's just wants so desperately to well how codependent her, you are know? you in real life come on <laughs> <laughs> so or how how cold are you in real life? How cold? Where, yeah. I'm not cold. <laughs> well, I'm not codependent. But I'm saying <laughs> it's it's uh No, I mean I get it. I I, I mean it it, it 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 must have I think added a type of depth to that guy that you you didn't even know. Because yeah. for you to have to shut down yourself when she's like in that much uh you know, sort Same of moral. inexplainable pain. And in you know in the grips of like a compulsive you know disease yeah uh, which which I you know she, I think she's publicly you know stated that she's dealt with personally so she had to draw from that stuff which has got to be a fucking bit of a nightmare I had to do blow and glow but I didn't care I mean right <laughs> it didn't like you know it, it was kind of I, I uh, fortunately I, when I had to do that shit I was like. I could never do this again. Really? Yeah. Like people are like, didn't it trigger you? I'm like, no, it's disgusting. Speaking of uh, yeah. Charlie, Charlie Musselwhite. Yeah. He, in our scene, he's supposed to be a little. Uh, he's supposed to have a drink, and yeah. he hadn't drank in I don't know how long. Oh. And he was just having so yeah. much fun pretending. You know? Oh, that's great. <laughs> it was like that's great. He was just like gave him a little. Yeah. You know, a little juice. Little, little, brought him back. <laughs> yeah. Brought him he back. Was really having a ball. But uh, but so I, I assume that you know you're stifling your real reactions added something like amazing. Well, and I yeah, and I don't think George was someone who was unaware or no. so it didn't require like shutting down those feelings. But there's a difference. There's a difference in our physicality, and there's a difference in right in the way I process. You know what I'm what I'm seeing with her. And, yeah, and you know respond. Yeah. So you grew up in Texas. I did. Yeah, central central Texas in a tiny little town outside of. Outside of Waco, and then how many people in your school? About, um, I mean, there was like forty or so in my class. Yeah. So, so yeah, and that was all your life, pretty much. But I started, I started acting pretty young, and so and started coming out to LA. So I would, I would spend half the time in this tiny town, and then half the time in LA doing the whole really pilot season. Who came racket. out here with you? Your mom? With my mom, occasionally my dad, who, I mean, God bless him. Like, he, he's, <laughs> he's used to uh, yeah. space and, you know, he's got his 
things yeah. that he loves his horses yeah. his yeah. routine and uh-huh. hobbies and like la he can do it for a little while but it just <laughs> starts getting a little <laughs> antsy you know so you grew up with horses yeah yeah what's your dad do he was a fireman for 33 35 years but then you know um is a team roper um f- for for a hobby and um Rodeo guy, rodeo guy, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, his side of the family, they all, they all ride, and I've got like bronc rider cousin. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still at it? Still at it. How yeah. old is he? He's probably nineteen twenty now, but um, oh, tw- he's so that, a young kid. He yeah. can do it. My the guy, the guy I have, my contractor who does work at my house. He was a pro bronco rider. He's out, man. He's out. Yeah, that's that's not the career choice for. Uh, he got beat up. He wanted to be an actor now. Now he like he used to dip, you know. Mm-hmm. And now he's like uh, he's on this sort of like some sort of mint dip with no no juice to it, no nicotine to it. But hey, he fucking man. fills up that that cheek with it, like and it comes in a little can, but it's got no no kick. I get it. I, to stop smoking, I I basically smoked tea. Yeah, and you did. Yeah, and it kind of helped. No, I did. You dip when you were a kid. No, my dad did though. Yeah, and he off it. Yeah, Oof. but he talks about you know oh, getting so... fed up and yeah. throwing the can out the window when he's driving and then stopping <laughs> and <laughs> getting throwing the cope out. Yeah, exactly. was he a Copenhagen guy? I think so. hardcore. Oh yeah, I love that shit, man. I can't hold it together in my mouth, but the packets I used to love. It. I like nicotine anyway, anyway. I know anyway. It's amazing. I've been over two years off all of it. Off all. Yeah, because I was doing those nicotine lozenges. Like the can, like the candies. Oh, fucking great! I know. God, you're making me want to say. I know. How long you been out? How long you been free of the monkey? A couple of years, yeah. Right. A couple of years, yeah. I quit for a little while when our first son was born, and yeah, work just uh, it had become so linked with the the business of smoking. Yeah. But yeah, a couple of years. So uh, your kid. How does that start? I mean, it's pretty nice of your folks to, you know, your cowboy dad to support you. I mean, how how old were you? Was it because you were bringing in the bread or they just wanted you to do what you wanted to do? You know, I, I don't know how I uh, how I got so lucky. They were, for, for whatever reason, just extremely supportive. And it was something that obviously when i when i first started out i did a a commercial when i was like two and a half that my mom took me to and it was just an open call yeah and and then for for fun family outings we would all go be extras and whatever was shooting in texas and i just really took to it and really uh was was drawn to it and they just kind of presented it almost as any other extracurricular activity it's there if you keep your grades up right you know but it, it wasn't yeah. anything that was forced upon me which i saw plenty of you know my my trips oh really to la staying at the oakwood and and all the oakwood jazz. Yeah. yeah saw yeah. those uh, a lot of kids being kind of just uh driven by that parent yeah yeah i mean and sort of even supporting them financially having that yes. that weight um wow i remember a kid that um razor scooters were really big at the time yeah he he had a backpack full of headshots and resumes just yeah. on him yeah at all time yeah i guess in case you need to yeah. whip one out Ugh. it's so sad when hollywood creeps in at that age where you, you know you're kind of but you didn't feel that i mean what was your first big gig my first big gig well i mean the first time i really knew it was something that i could 
do for a living or even thought about it like that yeah. was, was probably Friday Night Lights when I was 18. But before then, I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of really great experiences. Um, you know, I worked with Billy Bob Thornton on this, this movie, um, uh, All the Pretty Horses, and he was oh, yeah. so great to me. And Solid guy. Interesting guy. Interesting. Weird dude, but a good dude. But it's funny. I mean, my perspective as a kid, I, I saw none of, sure. <laughs> you know, none no. of that. No. Um, and he, yeah, he was, he was great, but. Tell me about Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, I got the IMDb pulled up, huh? Well, I got the, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I use Wikipedia, but, oh, okay. but I just want to know, like, what was it like working with Chuck Norris? <laughs> I did, I, I, I probably met him very briefly. I think. I never I had do a that, by the of way. I never do that, by the way. <laughs> I never ask that kind of question, but he's such a weirdo, too. Have you met him? Mm -mm. No? He was just always there you know, my entire life. Chuck Norris was doing something. He, um, I, I, I don't really remember. I just remember I have, I had to, again, talking about, you know, my appearance, I was always the bully, and so I had to beat some kid up, and then I think I watched it, and someone had dubbed lines over <laughs> what I was doing, so I was like, that's... That's not me. <laughs> so you, it's so funny because, like, you know, when I was talking to my producer, he assumed like you were just some sort of football guy. You know, you, I guess you do look like that. So that's how you kind of got cast, huh? Even when yeah. you were a kid, just a meathead football guy. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yep. But when, like, so even with all the pretty horses, so how old are you then? Like, I was probably twelve or so, and yeah. So where are you? The reason I like Wikipedia is because I see the directors you worked with. Yeah. So where, I mean, because, you know, you you have a way of acting. And I, I love that dude, uh, Scott Cooper. I love Scott Me Cooper. Me too. Like, I love those movies. Black Mass. But anyway, when do you start to kind of hone the any sort of craft around acting? I mean, did you learn how to act at some point? Did I think when I, <laughs> I, I think when I was younger, I immediately had this, I was, I was, drawn to whatever it meant to to really be good at it i didn't mm. I, you know like i i was on uh the set of varsity blues for a couple of months and i remember watching john voight and there was something in the uh I, I mean i don't i don't even know what i thought then but i was just really fascinated by people that were really devoted and and serious about it and i think doing the I, work oh uh, yeah yeah and and, and there I, I took classes with um my manager at the time who was also a teacher so i, I was in class quite a bit when you were a kid my teenage years yeah, oh, yeah. and even you know even before then after that you know a, a handful of different teachers and classes and do they whatnot. make a difference i think so i, I think the uh the the main thing is is having a, a a space that is purely for experimenting and playing around where there's not a camera in your face yeah. and you know right you, you, like that's what's um what's sort of enticing about trying theater which I've done very little of is oh yeah just having having a, a time purely devoted to sort of expanding you can't and you exploring. can't run you can't uh, there's no uh, no takes during theater. No, exactly. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you know, you gotta lock right in. Yeah, and you haven't done much. A little bit. I, I when I was sixteen, I did a uh, a play, a walking play. Yeah. at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. 
So we did uh, a walking play. play? Yeah. What was that? It was, um, oh, uh, that's the writer. Walk around. No, you oh. walk around the town. <laughs> you walk around uh, Edinburgh, and uh, there, there, there's an audience that follows you around. That's um, terrible. It was. <laughs> no, it was. It was fun. I was 16, and yeah, I was yeah. uh, in Scotland. And... It was my first time really having some independence, mm. and you know, fun. I looked like I could be 18. Yeah. So could get into some bars and you know I was oh yeah like, you can away drink from the parents yeah oh good times so the it's much different experience much different. i was sober yeah. and heartbroken i was like shot. ah scotland <laughs> yeah i was like the oh, fuck scotland <laughs> <laughs> so so okay so that was the only theater well like one act play in high school maybe that was it yeah that, that was it are they trying to get you something um i don't know if they if they what are. would you like to do do you have theater you like I mean, you don't it's know. cliche to say Sam Shepard, but but I have oh, read a lot of you'd Sam be good Shepard. In that. um, That's the way to go. That's the way to yeah. go. Fool for love or something. Yeah. Did you take any classes, acting classes, a when you bit. decided to start? No, not when I started to start. Before. You know, man, it was like, for me, I always wanted to do it, but I, I knew, like, once I got into the stand-up racket... You know, I was just this angry guy that was, you know, trying to figure out who I was on stage, and that's what I did. And then a lot of people thought they knew what I was doing, and like he's a cranky guy. I never had control of nothing. And at the time, I don't know, even think I had a real agent for decades. I think my manager was just asking certain agents to do him a favor and try to send me out on something. And I got a little part in uh, Elmo's Famous for like thirty seconds. But oh, I just yeah, yeah. the angry promoter guy. But I, I kind of gave up on you know it. You know, I'd go to these auditions for TV, and I'm like, I'm not the guy. There's a million guys who can do this better from me, than me. So I kind of gave up on it. But when I was younger, you know, before I uh, really got into a professional, I was already a comic. But I took classes with someone, and uh, I took some in college, and I also took some up in San Francisco, and I took some in New York here and there. But I don't know if I was in the space to apply anything that I learned. Yeah. Well, I told you this the few times we've ran into each other, but I think you're great. I'm always excited to see oh, you thank pop you. up and thanks, and buddy. Something. I appreciate Seriously, it. Seriously, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can be present. Terrific. And yeah, that which is mm-hmm. I, uh, so much more than half half the way there, yeah, I think. Yeah, I yeah. really do, you know. Well, I did I just did a movie where it texted ac- a Texas accent. Did That's, you? Yeah, it's not out yet. Where I was, uh, was you did? Oh, you might know this guy, Michael Morris, the British director. He does a lot of uh, Better Call Saul's, and I, and I don't, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's his first feature. Wow, yeah, he was he was awesome. Yeah, he he just wouldn't leave me alone. He wanted me to do it, and I'm like, why me? I'm not. Ta- I can't. I'm not like an accent. What is that? <laughs> but I realized it's the middle of peak COVID, you know, and and it was like the, I'd somehow been convinced that being on a film set was safer than going to Ralph's. So and being constantly tested. Yeah. At what a certain point, there were more testing than nurses oh, yeah. were. Were yeah. you know? It was fine. It was, and I was like broken up with grief because of the the passing of my uh, girlfriend, and it was just like the time to do it. You yeah. know, like like I was like, I I was like, fuck it. If I'm gonna take chances, I'm gonna like I'm just gonna like I got on with the dialogue coach. Yeah. You know? We were. It was so funny because it needed to be like a. She decided a Lubbock accent. Like a, specifically yeah, specific. Lubbock, and I'm like, it's the easier one, really, because there are a lot of Texans don't really have much of one. You don't have much of one. I kind of had to get rid of it. Oh, really? Yeah, but that's not that interesting. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it stayed away though. 
I mean, it will. I'll slip back into it if I if I talk to my dad on the phone or uh, you know, I get tired. Yeah. Like, like when you get tired, yeah, yeah it's like there's just, some weird vigilance in your brain that kind of once it gets tired, you start going. Well, it was so funny because uh, she wants me to do this with like accent, and the point of reference was Mac Davis interviews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like she's giving me all these Mac Davis p- interviews. I'm like that to work it out, you know. And uh, and I, I did all right with it. I watched a cut of it. I was okay. There's still I don't know if I can watch myself. There's still some problem I'm having with creating. I think you know truly defined characters, and I don't know if that's just me. You know, jumping into my body, watching me, going like, oh, would you? You should have waited a beat. You know what? Do you, you know. It's so hard. I I really struggle having a, a, a an objective view of myself. Oh, really? In films like yeah. It takes time and for me to watch something and then, you know, like a couple of years. Usually. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, like I hadn't seen a lot of Fargo and Kirsten, and I, maybe the last year, yeah. she said, let's watch it and <laughs> you're going to watch some of this. And um, after all that time, I yeah. was able to look at it and like be okay with it? recognize that there was something, you know, Did something you win an Emmy special for that? there. You didn't no, win? No, no, no. That's fucked up. I mean, fuck those it? awards. No, yeah, it's a, it, 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 it's not really. But you know, we all show up in our suits, don't we? That's the that's the part that gets you. <laughs> and then for for women, it's not oh, just showing up in the suits. It's the um, whole thing, man. It's hours of hair mm. and makeup, fittings before that with the dress. You know? Yeah, it's a like Kirsten says. They really they 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 make you care more than. You do. Oh, and it's, just, <laughs> you know? it's, it's just the worst when you realize, like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. It's it's not yeah. like some, you know, meritocracy. There, no, there's no one judging. You know, you don't cross a finish line. No, I know. You know, it's like it's random people that are making decisions for, you know, whatever, personal reasons or they're cajoled into it. Right. But whatever. So many teachers. You had many teachers. But, like, I imagine, like, the experience of seeing John Voigt when you were however old focus like that because i found that to be the case and in the little bit of films that i've done like i had to do a a very brief scene with de niro and the joker it was like right it was like the second but like duvall like you say you like duvall and you haven't worked with him have you no i haven't no have you met him i met him briefly through scott cooper uh who's known he was in um in the, the jeff bridges movie uh crazy art Oh yeah, I think he's been in a few a few of Scott's movies, but no, I grew up watching him on uh, Lonesome Dove. Did you ever see yeah. that film? That was the miniseries, of, right? Yeah, yeah, that was really kind of my uh, main callback bar as to the type of acting that really I love. Yeah, him and Tommy Lee Jones and Chris Cooper and that Diane Lane. She's I great, just, man. Yeah, I mean, like she's always great. Yeah, always. So that was it. That's that so, was so interesting because most people would think, what the hell was that? Most people, is that me? I'm a fucking idiot. So, you know, most people would go with The Godfather. They go with, uh, I watched, I just watched Tender Mercies again. It was, oh, my, yeah. Holy shit. That performance kind of reminds me of you a little bit. So, like, what is it about him? Because, like, I love him too. But, like, is is there something about the the naturalness? Yeah, you don't see him acting. And, it, and it's not that he's, that he, like, it's not that he is even small in what he's doing. It's just all so grounded and authentic. That's, right. That's the 
that's the exciting thing, and, and you know, that's what I, I think, at least personally, excites me and draws me into a story and, you know, that sort of thing that happens between... And that smile of his, man. That yeah, laugh. that too. Did you ever watch The Killer Elite? The Killer Elite? No. It's a Peckinpah movie. Him and James Caan? Go watch it, dude. Oh, man. It's rough. It's rough. Okay. But watch it. Killer Elite. Yeah, The Killer oh, wow. Elite. It's like a later Peckinpah movie. 70s. Huh. James Caan's yeah. another one. Oh yep. man, he's so good, dude. I know. I, I like when I. He was the reason why I did the Texas accent, huh? Because the funny thing is about movie stars, right? And he was a big one. I interviewed him. He's he's ball buster. He's he's something, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's something. But I just I've watched Thief three times since I've talked to that guy to watch him act. But he was a big movie star, right? And I went back and watched real old shit. Francis Ford Coppola did a very early film called The Rain I People. I was about to bring that up. The Rain People. Yeah. And, and that's a young James Caan, not a movie star, actor, coming out of New York, Meisner thing, you know, doing whatever that, that trip is, I think. And he's doing the accent, but he's not holding it. And you start to realize, like, who the fuck holds it? I know. And, and, <laughs> and, it, and it's like, it, it, if they're paying attention to that, you're fucked up. And, and also, totally. I think the other lesson is try to avoid a Boston accent if you can. Yeah, which uh, you did. I took that advice. <laughs> you did. <laughs> no, yeah, you I mean, did. I'm saying I. But you did it all right. What was it in Black Mass? Yeah. Fucking I'll love that. I love right. you, man. <laughs> no, you were great. Uh, you did good with it, but sometimes it gets a little much. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's a scary one to do because it's easy to like you know make a mockery of it. It is. But you did it subtle, and that guy Rory uh, Rory Cochran. Holy yeah. fuck! What's I that? No, man. You too, He's... man. You too. You should do a Sam Shepard play. You and You're Rory. You're totally right. The only problem is Rory doesn't like dialogue. He doesn't want to say anything. <laughs> he just wants to kind of <laughs> really smoke and like brood and convey it all no verbally. I'm supposed to interview him. That sounds like it's going to be a problem. No, he, in real life, he's fine. You can talk to him, but he just doesn't. <laughs> he sees a paragraph and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that guy. I thought that you two. In that movie, in terms of naturalness, you and, and Rory were like fucking, that was a, like a master class. And oh, I don't thank say you, man. Thank you. Yeah. He's, I, I, I want him to work with some incredible directors because he's, aside from Scott, because yeah. I just think he's, he's one of my favorites. And he's extremely versatile, too. Yeah. You know? I just don't, I never noticed him before that for some reason. He's been around a long time, as long as you have. Mm -hmm. Like, he's dazed and confused. I yeah, think. yeah. So Later. when you talk about this naturalness, what what do you do in your mind? You know, as a, this is just me, an amateur actor, asking you, what do you, what is it? What are the things that you put in your mind to make sure you end up there? I mean, it varies, but but I, a lot of times, yeah, the the um, focus isn't necessarily on the lines, right. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's on it's on everything else, what's happening in the scene, yeah. Um, you know, not to get just the, too into yeah. actor speak because I start to annoy and bore myself. But right. um, but yeah, it's everything. It's everything that's happening underneath the scene, right? Um, underneath the dialogue, you know. Yeah. And, and then occasionally you work with with people that are cool with you, sort of um, tweaking it and improvising a little bit. And that always, even if it doesn't make it in, it just sort of um, encourages the sort of unconscious sort of spontaneity right. and like gets it gets it flowing and prevents it from becoming stilted and sort of I just 
yeah, I'm constantly sort of looking for a new take, a new way into right. a scene, you know? Yeah. Just so I don't get bored <laughs> with it, right. you know? So was, like, do you feel like your big breakthrough in terms of, like, kind of owning shit was that Friday Night Lights? I think that was probably the best class I ever took. Because, right. Because um, we were given so much freedom and ownership, you know? Yeah. I mean, Peter, Peter Berg told us. I know Berg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was basically like, I'm not going to be here. These are your characters. It's on you yeah. if they suck, kind yeah. of. <laughs> and if you don't like what's written, change it. Um, and it was just really the most... Uh, exciting and like liberating experience where I, where it really dawned on me that I might be able to do it for a living and and I, How I, old were you? I was 18 when, oh, really? when the show started, yeah. So that was it, man. That was the training ground. And who was that really guy who was. played the coach? Kyle Chandler. Oof, so good. Yeah, he's a great guy too. Good actor. Like oh, man, yeah. like in in that Manchester by the Sea? I know. What the fuck? I know. Yeah, he's incredible. Like that was what feel like I, you you kind of believe him so much as that coach guy, and then like he does a perform like that Manchester by the Sea. You're like, there's so many of these dudes that get locked into these things, and then all of a sudden you see him in something else. You're like, oh my god, right? He yeah. can really do this. I know. Yeah, he's incredible. And I guess that sort of like kind of launched you into the 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 better movies, right? Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I, I think that, and then Breaking Bad was was something that that seemed very different from that um which i think allowed people to sort of there was a while there you know it's yeah. like the majority of yeah. the people in the industry they they see the last thing that you've done and then you get a handful of offers in that realm and so breaking bad was was good in that it sort of felt like it it killed off the character from friday night lights a little bit you know <laughs> Hey, um, welcome to sociopath. Yeah, yeah. There you he, go. And the, when when you shoot that kid on the bike, that's it's uh, all yeah. over, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, and you just play that straight, right? When you're in that moment, you're just like, that's what that guy does. Were you able to have empathy for that guy, that character? In the time, I wasn't. Uh, I was very uh, specific in sort of what I was what I was thinking about, and in that moment. Um, Vince Gilligan was on set, and I still knew nothing about the character. The the writers weren't telling me anything because I was a uh, I was a recurring character, not a, a regular. Yeah. And Vince, um, I went up to him. I was like, "You have to give me something. I have no idea who this guy is, how he can just so casually, <laughs> you know, shoot yeah. this kid." And in a very matter of fact way, he said, "You know, when you're when you're driving and." Uh, a raccoon runs out in front of your car, and if you swerve this way, you run into the ditch. If you swerve that way, you run into an oncoming car. He's like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's what I did. And sometimes it is that simple, and, you know, no one knows what uh, you're thinking. <laughs> so <laughs> That's a brilliant bit of direction. It really was, yeah. So how often do you feel that, though? Because you, you work with these, these, these monster directors. And, like, I've talked to some directors, and a lot of times, like, which was surprising to me, they don't really want to be teachers. So, you right. know, they hire you to do a job. <laughs> totally, yeah. so, so, like, you know, they, they know what they're getting with you. But I would I would say as somebody who does you know these character bits you know these as a character actor and to a certain degree I mean they know you they know what you're capable of but I imagine there's a lot of times where you need input around you know character especially ones that you know maybe only have a few scenes yeah it's weird and it's something I've become uh, 
more and more aware of yeah the, the more incredible opportunities yep. you get is that i think it's easier when you when you when you're there longer on a set when you have more to do mm. it's easier to sort of get a grip on who the character is to, to develop a, a rhythm yeah the tough thing is is when you're just jumping in you have you know one day and then two weeks off and you come in again yeah or these scenes where you're like opening a door and you throw a line this way like that sort of shit really yeah can uh easily throw you, it's, you and know? it's also hard to find continuity i'm terrible at that like you know yeah. sort of like what just happened before we did this yeah no, you totally. know? yeah <laughs> what did i do right before this yeah yeah i'm de- terrible at scripts yeah i but, can't figure figure them out i need to be told you know t- am i tired that's, that's what, uh, is this morning right <laughs> you know? i know but uh so what do you do what do you mean? What, what, In terms what? of like, those are difficult. Those one line things, two week things. So, how I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like I, I'm, I'm still figuring that out. I feel uh, like on the Scorsese thing, it, it was, it was sort of maddening how the the larger bits were were so much easier. And which one? The new one? The yeah, western? Yeah. And yeah, just found myself <laughs> obsessing over you know because you you put. So much weight on it. How hands-on and, uh, is he with the actor? He, um, uh, there wasn't anything that I pitched that he didn't say, yeah, you know, go for it. Yeah. And I think is is constantly looking for something new and exciting and something uh-huh. to sort of deepen the story and the characters. So he's he's somehow hands-on, but but at the same time, you know, he only really tells you something if something's really not working right or if he likes something from a previous take you know Try keep on that. keep yeah. on with that line yeah and with the irishman you're you're in the car with pacino <laughs> oh my god driving them all driving pacino and de niro yeah <laughs> those are the things when you read the script you don't you don't think about right. actually right, right being in the driver's seat <laughs> yeah being in charge of two <laughs> legends yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know lives yeah. uh, but he's have you ever met Pacino? No. My God, he's just the sweetest man, and getting glimpses into his like um, the way his sort of stream of consciousness mind works when he's when he's there was there was a scene where he's giving a speech yeah. and he um, and the Irishman and they had waited to do our coverage till the very end and. He was giving uh, just a ramp into the scene. He would tell the punchline to like a joke that doesn't exist. Yeah, and it was just like a, a tiny little peek into his, his mind, and it was the most fascinating, surreal. So it brought amazing. him into that. That triggered an engagement with the crowd. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, everyone laughs. Right. 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 But then it was so surreal that like we were laughing wow. way too hard. I just saw him in the Gucci. In the, in, oh, the yeah. house, in the Gucci movie, so good, dude. So sweet. What a sweet performance. Everybody fucking does that. That fucking. I'm excited to see that. Is that a, and uh, have you seen Licorice Pizza yet? No. I can't wait to see. Are that you in it? Man. No. no. Mm. Just excited to see it. I'm supposed to go. I think I'm going tomorrow. I can. I think I can oh, go nice. tomorrow if I can get there. Like I'm, I think I'm on. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll go uh, I'm for a screener. But well, that's another guy, Paul Thomas Anderson. I talked to that guy. He's like, you know, I, I found him, it was very disarming. I I, intend, I thought I was going to meet a dark wizard, and he's just this no, he's goofball just a, from the valley. Totally. <laughs> I know, which this movie kind of seems 
uh, just from the trailer seems to kind of capture what well, like he might know? have like it might he might this one might have worked for something lighthearted yeah like uh, the inherent vice thing i had a hard time with i know everyone did but i loved it so much why i love the characters i love the music i i and and where everyone said there's no there's no plot or there's it's too yeah. confusing whatever no there is a there is a clear plot it's just you have to pay attention and I it requires it. a, I like, a few viewings maybe i just like i i just thought like uh, like i liked all of it but the, it was supposed to be a comedy and and i thought it felt to me like some of the comedy just fell a little flat but in terms of the 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 story and everything yeah i thought it was all good you know what I mean? I mean Joaquin Phoenix as a stoner detective. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro popping up. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm, but you're talking to a guy who's like, you know, uh, not here nor there on the big Lebowski. So like, uh, okay, yeah. You know, so I got you, yeah. <laughs> like, got there you. are people that are like, the fuck it, that's the best Coen. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not that good. What's your favorite Coen Brothers movie? Oh, man. I... I like the Hollywood movies. Like, I, I fucking loved Hell Caesar. I fucking loved it. And like people are like, nah. And I'm like, no. Barton Fink and Hell Caesar Barton as a, Fink is, as a is, double feature. Yeah, I'll show you a life of the mind. I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on, man. I mean, that's this crazy shit. But I, I watch more. Like I watch Fargo over and over again. I really, I love her in that. And I, there's so many that are so good. But it's just like, even the serious man. I'll fucking take yeah. the Hollywood movies and the Jewish movie over fucking Lebowski. And that's just like for people that are Coen Brothers freaks. That's like just heresy. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll have mine. I even watched Burn uh, Burn After Reading again because I had to talk to Clooney. And I and I and I liked it better because Brad Pitt's so goddamn funny. All right. I need to rewatch that. So Paul Thomas Anderson, when you deal with that guy, because I have to assume you're learning from working with these actors and with these directors. Like you're you're gleaning something. I mean, I have to assume that as a kid, that so. as an adult you have that John Voigt moment all the time. I mean, when you're sitting there driving Robert De Niro yeah. and 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 uh, Al Pacino, and it's their coverage, you must be making mental oh my notes. God, yeah, I think it's usually it all sort of leads back to the same lesson. It seems like over and yeah. over again, yeah. which is what we're talking about. It's it's um, honestly being present. You yeah. know, it's it's the old cliche of doing all the work and then throwing it away. It's like. It's a it's a cliche or it's said over and over again because it is it, it just is the truth you know there's this unflinching dedication mm. search for what it is beforehand yeah. in the preparation yeah and then letting every bit of it go yeah. and not being married to anything that you thought maybe would be smart or mm. or something yeah and seeing what what it is now you know when you're when you're shooting it and that's the majority of of amazing directors and actors that i've worked with that's that's what it is it's like you can see the the amount of work that they put into it yeah beforehand uh and then you see you see something evolve and um to to watch de niro sort of make these tiny little subtle not even adjustments, but each take, he's fully here with you, and it's 
It's so wild. You know, I mean, yeah. It's because you sit there and watch it. I mean, like, I mean, he was, my, my time with him was brief, but just to even see him work, there's also such a deep confidence there around being on camera. I yeah. mean, you know, there, you know, the, the you know, movie actors are movie actors, and you know, you know, you don't know. There, a lot of it's a gift, uh, a natural gift in a way. But like, he's been on cameras for so long because I'm sitting there watching him doing take after take, and I'm like, how's he going to put this together? You know, how's the director yeah. going <laughs> to? Yeah. He's reading off cue cards. What are we going to fucking do with? And but De Niro knows. He knows how it's all <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, he knows, which is like baffling to me. Okay, so like, tell me about Scott Cooper. He seems like. He seems like old school, real deal motherfucker. He is, um, like he's doing it the old way, and he's and he's proud of it. Proud to like let you know that you know he's he's old school. And you did three movies with him, yeah. Hostiles, Hostiles, um, which Black I liked, Mass and I loved Hostiles, yeah. yeah. And Antlers, no, but Scott is um, Antlers. Is that out yet? Just just came out recently. Really? Um, What's that about? Oh, it's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. It's it's oh. his f- first, uh, yeah, foray so into it's out? horror. Yeah, just recently. I got to look at it. He's another one that's just very open to whatever yeah. is needed with the actors. He also, I mean, it just has like boundless energy and enthusiasm and confidence, mm. which kind of kind of need know, it, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd do oh. anything with for that guy. I just realized, like, I, I somehow put a, a, a block on it because. I think my brain uh, responds to it like it's trauma. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I, mean, that was I was a, <laughs> wondering what that was there. It's like, it's a, it's like I wasn't recording. Or... Yeah, it was like a that was a big long movie, and it, yeah. like it, my brain just broke. It was like Synecdoche, New York, too. Oh man, I can't. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that shit, man. And like you, you acted the fuck out of that movie, and I walked out of it going like, what happened? What am Thank I supposed you. to take away from that? I don't know what I mean. Holy shit, man! What did you What did you think when you looked at that script? I read it at at like three a.m. because that was when I got it, and uh, that's that's a weird way to drift off to sleep. Um, <laughs> but um, I I had never had that experience before reading something mm-hmm. where it totally just like jumbled up my insides and I had such a visceral reaction to it and I had no clue why <laughs> what yeah. what it had just done to me you wow know? I mean it, it's kind of the same experience watching it kind of the same thing making yeah. it there there was a time beforehand we didn't give very much time to rehearse but we had a few days and yeah we were doing uh, uh some rehearsals at the house and we were all kind of holding on to the fact that none of us felt like we knew what we were doing or yeah. what this was yeah but no one was was willing to admit it yet and i felt like what i was doing was really bad but at the same time it had such an effect on me you know yeah. even though it just I, bad as an actor or bad morally bad as an bad. actor oh, oh, oh. like i felt like it wasn't good but what it was the effect it was having on me was really significant and profound you know and and then we we went to dinner that night and and kind of all confessed that that we were sort of feeling lost and David Thewlis sort of asked Charlie like Charlie Kaufman Charlie yeah. Kaufman like well, what is this about like what is this to you <laughs> and Charlie just kind of goes you know I don't know um, <laughs> which he does but he and then he eventually sort of told us 
as much as we wanted to know, but but he kind of we we landed on this idea of, of really giving into the unknown and relinquishing control and giving into whatever this thing is going to be. Huh. And it, it went from holy shit, I've got twelve pages of dialogue that we're doing for the next you know, each day for the next three days to yeah. like hopping on a train and like saying, see you later. And then it's, uh, you know, doing a 16 minute take and it was just so exhilarating. You yeah. Know? So, and he's just got such a big heart and is so in the fight with you, Charlie. So it was, yeah, it was amazing. Sounds like a, like a, a unique experience. Yeah. The only thing that would ever come close to that is another one of his films, you know, yeah. it's kind of in a, in a class on yeah. its own. And 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 Paul's pretty light on set. Like, you know, he's just sort of like Paul Thomas Anderson, he's just kinda Yeah, I mean it's been it's been a while, but oh, right. uh, but that's the other thing too, is uh he there there are certain things and you could say this about about all the great directors I've worked with is that there are certain things he's absolutely certain about. Right. And there's certain things he has no idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he, so do you, something. You figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you asking me so many questions? <laughs> you know? and That's the excitement. Yeah, That's exactly. It. But, like, what it, it seems like he didn't, like, working with Jane was pr- one of very few times you worked on a film with a woman director. Did you f- feel a shift Is in it? perception? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm working with a, a woman right now in this miniseries. But yeah. Yeah, I guess What's the miniseries? It's called Love and Death. It's it's this HBO miniseries uh-huh. based on this Texas Monthly article from uh, the early '80s. Oh, um, is it on already? No, no, we're okay. still shooting it. But yeah, I, I don't know. Jane, she's maybe you know more old school in her in her um, you know idea yeah. of rehearsal mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So we had two weeks rehearsal beforehand, which you just never get. It's and great, right? It's great. I mean. There's just a like knee jerk reaction that I and a lot of actors I know get when you hear like you got to rehearse. You're like, oh, shit, come on, you really? Know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Because you guys are just you, like, uh, there's we, this fear of of like losing something, of the spontaneity, losing of something. But I learned during this that it only kind of grounds you more and makes you more confident, and you develop a, a sort of history in that time mm. that plays in the movie, you know, um, and f- especially for. For Benedict and myself, uh, right? Yeah, you okay, had kinda, all this history that we had to work right. Through and, and sometimes when you just show up day of, it's tough. And you know, to, oh, yeah. this is your wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. So that gave you a little, at least, some sort of emotional connection. Right. That's yeah. great. That's great. So wait. So now Austin, let's talk Austin real quick. Is it how long you lived there? Friday Night Lights was was two thousand six, and I I bought a place there in 07 and have kind of been back and forth ever now, since. Now, like I. I haven't been back in a few years, and I, I generally like to go there once a year to to do a, a big show, and you know, drive out to Spicewood and go to Opie's, yeah, uh, which is my favorite place, uh, barbecue wise. But uh, I don't know what's going on there. I get it, like some of it's for tax purposes, and I know that the tech industry is in there. But I have to imagine that the uh, the locals are are as much against it as some are for it. What's your feeling of the place? It seems like, you know, we were talking a little bit before. Like, is it South by Southwest every day now? There's a lot of uh, 
a lot of bachelorette <laughs> groups, a lot of birthday parties, you know, but I, it, it's a double-edged sword like uh, like it is everywhere else with yeah. cities that are growing, you know. Um, but the, the, the thing that that I sort of first fell in love with uh, with Austin, yeah, it, it is getting harder to find, you know. I mean, Austin was kind of the first city that where I felt like, you know, it wasn't my tiny town. It wasn't L.A. It sort yeah. of felt like like something that that was was home, you know. Yeah. And you can still find it there. Um, yeah. But it it is yeah. You just have but to now there's traffic. Do the thing that you do high rise in L.A. and just kind of like yeah ignore this over here, you know. Yeah. I wonder um, how bad it's gonna get. Do you hang out yeah. with any of the other uh, actors that live there? Um. Do I? I don't know. I have a bunch of a bunch of musician friends from from when I was there the last time. Oh yeah. Um, I guess not. <laughs> no, I yeah. guess I don't. That's eh, right. And uh, so the fatherhood thing's working out for you. You got two now. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. I've got a three and a half year old and a and a seven month old. Oh, you have pandemic boys. baby. You had a pandemic baby. The seven month old was yeah. yeah. I do a bit about people who had the babies during the pandemic. Let's hear it. Uh-uh. Come on. No, I just said like, what kind of selfish monsters? <laughs> with, <laughs> with like, you know, like not even knowing whether we would all die or not, <laughs> decide to bring a child into the world during that time. You know what? Yeah. I did. I did have that thought. <laughs> <laughs> good. Then it's, then it's good. It's a cynical joke, but I do this whole thing that, I do this whole, like, almost like a mini one-man show where I go, like, at some point, these plague babies are going to want to know what it was like when they were born. <laughs> and I do this whole bit of this father talking to this kid about what it was like when they were in lockdown. And it, it, it ends, it's, it's, it's one of the f- most favorite things I've ever written. Well, it's a dark bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, and it was also politically at that time, that was just as, as scary. It felt like the oh, yeah. end. The I, end was I, coming. Oh, but oh, at the same time, you know, sort of rationalizing it as as when when else would we have all this time? No, I get it. Alone, you I know, there's our at window. The house, yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah, was, yeah. So you roll the dice. We we'll did. just see how long the climate stays livable. <laughs> <laughs> but have a good time with them. Yeah, you know? I mean. Our oldest needs a needs a friend anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the point. Yeah, you yeah. Got a, I bought a cat and I got a brother and I bought a cat for a cat. I get it. I get it. Same and then Kristen's okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Kirsten. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did I fuck that that's up? That's all right. Kirsten Dunst. You got it. Yeah. Kirsten. I, I, I'm I'm so like uh, sloppy with fucking names. That's okay. It's an obligatory thing. I just. I, I, but it happens a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you talk to? Do you have any pals from like? Do you talk to Aaron Paul? Yeah, oh, he's got a he's got a, um, a a little girl that's just a little bit older than our oldest. Uh huh. And yeah, we get the kids together, and yeah, that's no, nice. Yeah, I watched it all again. Like at some point, I think during the pandemic, I watched all of Breaking Bad again, and it's just you guys. It's just crazy shit, man. Hit that character for him. Like I don't know where he found it, but holy fuck. Every guy, and you don't like watching it a second time. You realize like this. There's so much comedy in it. Oh yeah, and you That's, don't. It's so there is so much fucking comedy in it. And the two of them, it's like a classic comedy team. No, I know Walter White and and uh, Jesse. 
Well, that's Vince Gilligan. He's just, there's there's so much happening in every scene, you know. It was just great to see the whole arc of it. And then I, I went to the premiere of uh, of the El Camino. Yeah, I saw you there for That's a right. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were with Bob, I think. You were wandering in with Bob. Yeah. Was it with Odenkirk? I, th- I think I saw you. Maybe that was an award show for something. Oh, yeah. Or, or, no, it was probably I the think, premiere I of that. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've interviewed all those guys, but like a long time ago. But it's good that you guys are friends. Because a lot of times I ask people if they're friends with people, and they're like, nah, I never talked to them. And it just happens, you know. Especially in this city. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't know why yeah. it's, everyone sort of stays in their neighborhood. I know. I just went to New York, man. It was, And I've been there since before the thing. And it was like, oh, my God. It's electric. It's That's great. what I hear, yeah. It was great. It's like re, It's like plugging back in. To just a, wow. I mean, I don't know how much time you've spent there. I mean, I used to live there, so it's not unfamiliar to me, but it just felt like people are doing it. Right. No, I mean, I, I've, I've only spent time in New York when I was working there, but yeah. just the, the the random conversations with strangers yeah. in New York, yeah. it's something that yeah. I look forward to, you know, because there's no choice. You, you, you don't, oh, you're you, in it. Yeah. Yeah. Then the walking and then yeah. just being around people. Well, here's what uh, I think you got to do. Let's get this uh, theater thing with Rory going. I mean, yeah. That's the pitch, man. I doubt that will happen. (laughs) I doubt I could convince him, but yeah. I'll try. Maybe if we film it or something. I'll I'll talk to him. We cut all of his lines and- uh, Just let him stand there? Be the quiet guy? (laughs) Do a production at Cuckoo's Nest and he can play Chief. (laughs) He'd be great. Yeah. All right, buddy. It's good talking to you. Good talking to you. Thanks, man. Okay, that was Jesse Plemons and me. The movie is The Power of the Dog. Here's some guitar work.
Boomer lives. Monkey and LaFonda cat angels everywhere.